there is an awful lot going on in this reading today, in this gospel reading, because we see that the apostles now have returned to fishing. They've kind of given up on this Jesus guy because he's not around, we don't see him, we want him around, but it's, they're going back to their old ways. And they're, they're fishing, and they caught nothing. They were out all night long, caught nothing, until Jesus comes along, and interestingly enough, he says, cast your net on the right side, the right side. Now, if you're a fisherman, you know you don't have a right side of your boat, okay? And so what he's saying is, you're doing it wrong. You're not being the right person you're supposed to be. And then he pulls in this net after he tells him where to go. He pulls in the net with 153 large fish. Now, 153 is the number of languages that were spoken in the world that they knew at that point. So, and the net is really supposed to represent the church, which is why it never broke. The net never broke. They didn't lose any of the fish. Anybody that was in that net was brought to Jesus Christ. <clears throat> However, the apostles are going to have a tough time with this. It's hard to change things. It's hard to, to put your everything into one person and then see him die on a cross. And as I was reflecting on this the other day, <clears throat> I had a situation. Now, this would have been about 20 years ago. I was at St. Lawrence, and um, we had a man who was brought to me and he was a Baptist minister. And here was the problem. This poor guy decided that he, he had a lot of questions about faith, and so he decided he was gonna start reading things that he probably shouldn't have been reading, like the fathers of the church. Number one mistake he made, okay? Then he went to the Precious Blood Monastery of Nuns in Lafayette and started talking to this little old nun who was in her 80s, just a wonderful saintly person number two mistake she made or he made and then finally she said I've answered everything you need to know now you need to go talk to Father Dan number three mistake he made okay so this man comes and he said I don't know how to tell you this he said I'm a Baptist minister I've enjoyed being a minister I know that I can't be a priest and he said I'm willing to give it all up for the Eucharist and for to become a Catholic. And so we had a little private RCIA program. There were three people in it because his deacon also wanted to become a, a Catholic. And then there was another person who I'll tell you some other day about her. She was a piece of work, but she was a lot of fun and everybody loved her. And she's still alive and still loving being Catholic today. And so they started coming and we were going back and forth with questions and what do you think about this? How do you respond to this? And this is what we believe. And you know, he was a Baptist. So obviously the Baptists believe much, 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 much of what we believe. But of course they don't believe in a hierarchy like we have. And they also don't believe in the Eucharist like we have. But they were in a hundred percent. And so I said to him, I think we probably need to go. You and I will go and talk to the bishop. It was Bishop Higgy at the time. And I said, I think it would be very important because obviously this is going to cause a little scandal when you announce to people that you are leaving the Baptist church. And the Baptists in Lafayette are probably not going to be overly fond of us for that. And um, <clears throat> so he said, I'm ready. So we went and we had a nice talk. We were probably there about an hour. And at one point, the bishop said, 
why are you giving up everything that you've worked so hard to have and be, and now all at once just set it aside to become Catholic? And he said, for a couple of reasons. One, I have come to believe that the Catholic Church is the most authentic Christian way of life there is, and I want that. He said, I also believe that someday, somewhere, everybody's going to come to Christ. He said, I don't think it's going to be in the next year. It's not going to be in the next thousand years. But I would like to know that I am preparing people for Jesus Christ, not for today, but for generations to come. And then he said, and I have one personal problem in my congregation. And he said, what's that? He said, you know what? My congregation has about 75 to 85 people. He said, and a lot of them are intermarried or brothers and sisters, so we have big family things. <clears throat> and he said, and if two families or three families disagree on something, they rock the whole boat. And he said, and we're going back and forth. <clears throat> and he said, that doesn't happen as much in the Catholic Church. I just left him in his ignorance at that point. Okay. <clears throat> but, but he said, you know, you can't let everybody run the church. And he said, I see the Catholic Church as the exact opposite of what I've been doing. And I said, what have you been doing? And he said, I've been rowing a dinghy. I've been rowing a little rowboat. And every time somebody stands up and complains about something, the boat rocks back and forth, back and forth, and it challenges people. And he said, I see the Catholic Church as this steamship cutting through the waters of time. And he said, and yes, waves will pick it up a little bit, but not like a boat and throw it over. And he said, but in that steamship, if every person wanted to come out on deck and they stood on the same side of the boat, they could slowly turn the boat. And he said, but there's none of this, this way and this way and this way. He said it would be a slow turn because it would take the entire church going to the right or going to the left and turning the boat. And he said, I think Christ wants that kind of stability within the church. And with that, Bishop Higgy said, boy, you know, I should have you talk to all of our seminarians. <clears throat> because we forget sometimes how blessed we are and how blessed we are in living our lives within in a church like ours. Um, John did um, announce the next week that he was becoming a Catholic. He was immediately fired and he was put on a black list of the Baptists so that nobody was allowed to hire him. And he went for probably six months without a job. And then finally I said, go talk to the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration. They own hospitals. They have hospice programs all over the state. They could use you. And so he got a job. And he called me and said, hey, I'm starting this job, being paid more money than I was after I'd been doing the church for years and years and years. I said, it pays to be on the right side. <clears throat> uh, see, not just in the boat, but in the church. pays to be on the right side. <clears throat> He got a job, he had a, a beautiful life. His wife um, became Catholic, his children became Catholic. And, and John died about four or five years ago. Um, but he was a very happy, healthy man. And I tell you that because in life, a lot of times it's not easy, it's difficult. 
But if we hang on to Christ and to the church, we've got all we need. So today, let us give thanks that God gives us a church that is solid enough that allows us to have diversity and still filled with love.